got an intro for you. Tennessee is going to be the next SEC East team after Georgia to win the national championship. Maybe okay. South Carolina. Uh, yeah, okay. No, listen, <laughs> don't push it that far. <laughs> Maybe know, Tennessee. Man. Beamer train is 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 uh coming full throttle. I don't know if Billy Napier no. can handle it. No. No. <laughs> Even, even, no. Cue the welcome. Gonna, I am Let's not even going to, I'm not even going to entertain that. No. Cue the welcome. Let's do this. <sighs> I want it that gets your blood boiling. I'll, bo- I'll bleep that later. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, you don't got to put that in because we haven't started technically, but okay. Let me re- get my composure before I reach through the, this computer and rip your head off. Okay. Welcome back to Best Friends, Bitter Rivals. It's It's been a week for everyone. Uh, we've all had craziness going on. Uh, we usually record this on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, maybe Monday. Well, it is Friday night, so it's <laughs> it's been a week. We've tried multiple times to get it done. It's not got done. We apologize. You know, we're going to end up missing last week, but we are recording early for next week so we can talk about what's going to be going on in the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about last week's games. We're going to talk about everything going on with both our teams. So let's just get right into it, get in some uh, team updates. Billy Napier, he announced earlier today that March 15th, is when spring practice starts. I am super, super excited about that. Um, you know what I forgot? I didn't, I didn't share the love. I am so sorry. How are we doing, Mike and Robert? I am so sorry. Wait, wait. okay. You ready for this? You ready for this? I know Mike's ready. Mike Mike expects it. Look at that. Arthur's <sighs> already signed. He knows. What else do you expect from a Florida fan? Just to go right in. Go, okay, this is... We got this, you know, this is it. Billy's got it, you know, we're we're going way. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about y'all who are who are ahead of me. My bad. Wow. Let me change your coattails. <laughs> wow. Okay. Hey, we made it here though. It's been a week, but we made it here. I'm gonna start already. Okay. Okay. I mean, our motto is not next year, so it's it's okay. It's only one of us and the other motto is we'll get it in 40 years. So let's not talk about that. I mean, but anyways, how are you, Mike? I'm doing great. <laughs> Love it. Our I motto think- is it feels like 98. <laughs> <laughs> I know you had the least crazy week out of uh, out of all of us, but um, I know you've had some complications on your end too. So glad we're all here. We all finally made it. Um now let's get into the rest of, of what's going on. It's been a busy week in all sports, men's basketball. We played Missouri Wednesday, walked away with a win with that, 66 to 65, after Missouri ended up fouling us like 13 times in the last two minutes, which was wild. Uh, Florida ended up getting uh they went 10 for 10 on free throws in the game which is awesome good for them uh we made up our old miss game against we made up our game against old miss with a saturday with a win 
62 to 52 in overtime. And then this next one, just it's going to be so sweet coming off, off, off the lips. We played Georgia and beat them 72 to 63. But as the men are rising, we're going to take a hard loss tomorrow against the number five Kentucky team. Uh, I'd love to be optimistic and say, hey, we we can do it. But I I don't have that, tr- that much trust in Mike White. Uh, we did get Castleton back, so that's good. Um, but as soon as we got him back, he Mike White just went straight back to throwing it down low, giving it to Castleton, letting him shoot 30, 40 times a game. Hopefully he can score. It's not going to win games against Kentucky. You can, you know, win games against Missouri that way, but it ain't going to happen against Kentucky. Uh, right now they are 16 and eight overall. We are six and five in conference, which helps out a lot in our chances of getting uh, into March Madness. I think we're right on the bubble right now. But the team I, I am excited about is once again is the women's basketball team. They are finally ranked after having a crazy last uh, eight game, nine games. Um, they beat number seven, Tennessee, 84 to 95 Thursday. That is uh, last Thursday. That was, I'm sure Michael will hit on, on it too. That was that was just a, a dirty game. There was, there was no, not even... I don't even think Tennessee led at all that game. It was it was just Florida all the way. It was real dirty for whatever reason. I don't know what Florida had against Tennessee that night, but it, it was just not not good. Uh, they also played number seventeenth ranked Georgia. Ended up winning that one, fifty four to fifty one. Sunday, then. One against Mississippi State, 73-64 to 64 this Thursday. Um, <clears throat> out of the last nine games, they have won eight of them. Out of those eight games, seven, they won. Out of those eight games, they were eight of them were ranked. Uh, Florida won seven and lost one against South Carolina, the number one ranked team in the women's uh, – and, and it's not like it's close to number one to number two. South Carolina is, unless they have an absolutely terrible game in March Madness, they're going to win it. Like, it's – their South Carolina is so much better than any team right now. Uh, Florida only ended up losing that one by 12, but a loss is a loss. Uh, women's gymnastics is going on right now as of Friday night. The – is it, what is it, the 13th, 11th, the 11th, Friday, the 11th, they are, I think they're currently winning against LSU. Uh, it is a sold-out stadium. And finally, it's time. Softball is here. It is preseason tournament time. I am so excited. The number five Florida Gators take on Illinois tonight at the USF tournament. Uh, I think they're up right now. Last time I checked, is they're up 3-0 right now at the bottom of the seventh. So unless 
Illinois can hit a grand slam here. It's most likely Florida is going to win. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to Mikey. How are Tennessee doing? I know, I know how they're doing in a couple of sports right now. You know, uh, we played y'all a couple of times this week. So, yeah, the men's basketball team's been on a roll since their uh, heartbreaker to Texas in the Big Twelve Challenge. Uh, I think they beat. They beat Texas A&M last week by 10. Uh, they turn around and beat South Carolina on the road. They thumped them. I think they won by 81-57. And then this week's game, since we're running a little behind, they uh, they beat Mississippi State on the road in a, probably one of the worst officiated games I think I've ever watched. <laughs> and Sankey was in, in the person watching that, and I'm sure there'll be nothing done, but Tennessee got it out that win, and then tomorrow they got Vandy. So I think they're sitting at seventeen and six, uh, seven and three, I think, in the SEC or eight and three in the SEC. They're third right now, behind uh, Auburn and Kentucky. And I don't know what's going on with the women's team. They are since that uh, Green girl went out injured. She they've just tanked. Uh, I think they they got thumped by Connecticut Sunday. Uh, Best chance of probably beating them in a while and went up there and they absolutely whooped us, put it on us from start to ending. So they've been uh, trending down. They did get a win last night uh, against Missouri. I think they won by 14. So hopefully they'll get the ship righted. They started out 17 and one, I believe. And I think they've lost their last, I think they're two and four in their last six games. So they've, they've hit a, Hit a kind of a wall, I guess you'd say. As far as uh, softball goes, the women are in a uh, tournament down in Florida. The I think it's a FIU tournament. They played two today. They beat Maryland two to one in the first game, and Ashley Rogers threw a no hitter against UNC Greenboro in the second. They play tomorrow, the final game in the pool play, and then they start uh, double elimination bracket play tomorrow evening. Uh, that's about gets it for the uh, balls, basketball, and softball. I ain't too caught up. I don't even know if the balls have a uh, gymnastics team or not. RJ's well ahead of me on that. I have no clue if uh, we got a, a gymnastic team. So I'll pass it to Robert and let him talk about the Bulldogs. There, prob- there probably is a gymnastics team, but look, I, I mean, I, I know he doesn't want to hear it. They, he's getting them back on right now. Uh, Florida's got to celebrate every little win they get. You know, they got the win. The women got the win against Tennessee's women. They got the win against Georgia. Look, if they want to celebrate that, that's fine. Give give them their scraps. That's fine. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, but scraps. So, and a number seventh ranked team is scraps. So, excuse us. Uh, Says the guy that Georgia never plays anyone. But yeah, you, seventh ranked, you know, scraps. You're right. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. So, uh, Y'all, y'all already know that that I don't do basketball or anything else really <laughs> about football, but I, I can read a schedule and tell you some 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 records. Uh, men's been awful in the, the past few days. Uh, they lost to Florida on Wednesday. Uh, they lost the, the two-pointer to Auburn. I heard there was some questionable calls in that. Hey, got- hey Robert, real quick. So I, I don't – I'm sure you don't know because you're not a basketball guy. Yeah, but um, I mean, yes and no, but no. The the reason they have <laughs> not gotten rid of y'all's coach because of how terrible he is 
it's because of money. But uh, after this year, his uh, he should only have like five million left on his contract. And with Some George, change. yeah, with Georgia getting their championship, they're going to get a huge hey, amount of money hey, come in. They might okay. pay him out. Let, let, let me segue off that real quick here. We'll come back to it. Remember, Mike, we're going to come back to the college, the, the, the basketball coach talk. Y'all can thank us in Alabama for getting y'all, was it 54 million for each school from the oh revenue for this past year? Yeah, God, there you go. But... You're welcome. You're welcome. Because, you know, and anyone, everyone just wants to watch just Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, you know. I mean, when, a, when that's the best, you know, that's what yep. you got you okay. to watch, you know. Anyway, yeah, no, that maybe maybe that maybe maybe I should start following their basketball team, see where the players are at, and then in the offseason, see what happens. I don't yeah, know. I, th- I think but, I think this year there should be some big changes happening because, like I said, y'all are getting a huge amount of money from the um, the championship, and George is just going to try to do what Alabama did. You know, get the football team good, get the basketball team good, get the women's basketball team good get softball good, which their softball is amazing. So, I mean, I I would not be surprised if y'all would give y'all's coach this, this offseason. Tom Crane or whatever his name is? Is that who he, their basketball he, is? Something like that. And he's he's been there for years, and he's his record's never been good. They just paid him way too money, too much money to get him there. That's so all it was. That's the guy that's married to uh, the Harbaugh's sister, ain't it? Is that who? Uh, oh, Saboteur. Of yeah. course, you know that. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Jim Harbaugh trying to get his his you know. I could be wrong on that. But I, think, oh. I think that, I, I, but I could be wrong. I may be wrong on that, but I think it. I think I'm right. That's all right. What we'll take away from this is maybe Robert will will uh, start following a little bit more for NCAA basketball because. You know, eventually, uh, uh, as Georgia just starts piling on more championships uh, in the football realm, um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to have to extend my interest elsewhere, you know, so. So what you, maybe, maybe some basketball, maybe some baseball. You know. So what next 40 years, you'd be what, like 73. So that's when you'll get into it. <laughs> good one. Good one. Nice. Don't get good. Everybody laughing. It's never been laughing. Don't get real good till tournament time, so you ain't messing. Yeah, up I'll, and that's the thing. I'll, I'll probably pick up more once on on the college basketball once once the brackets come out. You know, I don't get all into them, but I I do like to mess around a little bit. But anyway, the the men's play South Carolina tomorrow. They'll probably lose. I guess I don't know. I don't know how South Carolina is. Um, said, <laughs> but it does look like. Men's. Uh, yeah, both the men's play South Carolina tomorrow and the women's play South Carolina on Sunday. And like Mike said, or you said, I can't remember. Um, South Carolina is ranked number one and, and Georgia 17. So I don't know. Georgia yeah. with the upset dogs on top. No, wins that wins. <laughs> both of those games should be a loss, but the men's is more likely y'all to win. Like I said, that, that women's team, dude, that's probably one of the best women's teams that's been in college in well, a while. Oh yeah, uh, a well-oiled machine. <laughs> like they, like I think their close, their closest game all season, other than Florida, was like a like a eight-point game or something like that. Hmm. Like it, it's been, <laughs> it's been, it's been pretty cheesy for them. They'll fall in the tournament. Did, did they not get upset by somebody that wasn't very good? Yeah, no, I think they got upset early, yeah. early in the SEC year. team too. What, like Arkansas or somebody beat I them. I think so. Go ahead, keep talking, Robert, and I will look that up real quick. 
Oh, I, I don't really have much more to say. I mean, softball's two and one based on what I just looked up. So softball's two and one. They just started the day. Oh, that's I just looked up the softball schedule and that's what it says. They're two and one. They're overall two and one. Two thousand two oh. softball schedule. Two thousand two? Yeah. <laughs> two thousand two, man. Hey. And another two, 2022. Oh, there we go. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but no, it doesn't change the fact that they're still two and one right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, sure. But uh, no, if you, you, I, I know you had springboarded into it early. We're, we're doing like other sport, current sports, you know, before football. But you had said Billy Napier said y'all spring practice is, uh, is, is uh, March 15th. Ours is also starting March 15th. Um, nice. And uh, G Day is April 16th. So definitely some some cool stuff to look forward to in football which is what i prefer so i will have more information about football when it comes to football oh missouri missouri baby 69 to 70 it was Ooh. overtime december 30th wow <laughs> that's crazy what a way to go out in the year yep. did, did uh <laughs> did hypo say when when y'all are doing spring ball they don't even know where they're going to have it. their plans right now because they're renovating Neyland right now uh, that they might nice. do the spring game at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, but then they're going to factor in all the uh, cost and stuff because they'll have to put everybody up in a hotel and all that. So yeah. I think they're still kind of up in the air on the uh, spring game. Fucking bring them down. Bring them down to uh... – It just <laughs> – No, no, no. Bring them down to uh, Roan, Roan, uh, Roan, Roan State? County. Yeah, no, no, Rome County, the high there school right go. there. Yeah. Tell them come down there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell them Harriman will play him again. Harriman will play him again. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, Florida's supposed to be renovating their Ben Griffin Stadium after next season, so that'd be nice. Tennessee's taking seats away. They're, they're shrinking, Nalen. What? Why? The number one stadium in the nation with most seats, and I think it's like I don't even know if it's top ten anymore. Yeah, no, y'all. I think y'all in in college football. I think you're third, third or fourth in worldwide. It's like seven. Yeah, Michigan's number one, um, just because they keep building outward and upward. That's that's how they keep doing it. But um, I think uh, A and M is like number two behind them. I think, have, yeah, Kyle have Field. Have y'all sat nosebleeds at Neyland? I'm sure you have, Mike. Said everywhere, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a scary experience. Yeah. Like, you can't look down too quick because you think you're going to fall. Like, it's straight down. For, my first game at Neyland was was front row, so, you know. <laughs> nice. I mean, that's where we sit now. But right behind that, the defensive line. Oh, yeah. But, like, <laughs> back in the day, you know, when we first started, you know, up top, freaking just, you're like – Wait, so when when my wife and I went to the Rose Bowl, we we had seats all the way up in the last row, but it um, the the Rose Bowl uh, out in Pasadena, it, it's a great stadium. There there's not a bad seat. Like it was because we were on the side when they went into overtime uh, in one, and it it was perfect view. Like the only way better would have been on a massive screen TV or you know watching it right in front of yourself. But um, yeah, the uh, Rose Bowl is an awesome stadium to to watch games in. You know how in basketball they have like the the big uh, room you can sit like above the stadium in some in some of the areas. It's like a yeah. um, like for like super super rich people. That's that's what it feels like. Like you got to hang on to the back of Neyland Stadium just to, to you know, watch the game. <laughs> you, don't fall. Like if you go, you're gone. You just tumble into the floor. It's 
<laughs> I felt that way in Dodger Stadium. I, I went to Dodger Stadium a couple of times up in, in, in some nose. And yeah, I. It's bad. All right. So we are going to move on to uh, talking about head coaches. And then we are going to test out a new segment that I thought we would enjoy. We will see how that goes. Who wants to go about coaches? I, um, I mean, I, 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 are we touching up on on any remaining signing day? Uh, oh, I, I know that. Uh, beautiful. Okay, sorry. No, 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 no. It's 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 cool because I, I I keep notes on stuff. Uh, just uh, long term brain damage from different things. Uh, so, <laughs> so no, I got notes on my coaches, but I, I made notes like on on you know where we're at in the roster and. Um, who who else we signed and stuff like that this is how it's supposed to be we're supposed to be communicating i like it i like it yes we we need to talk about that first um you want to go ahead go first since you got your notes up uh for sure for sure give me just uh one second here (laughs) Uh, yeah your notes up no no i do i uh gotcha so just uh real quick the um I, i know i did say with what happened with uh, Georgia's coaches who were leaving at the time. Uh, Dan Lanning was the big one who obviously went to Oregon to be the head coach there. Um, the big loss from him was that he coached, uh, not only was he our defensive coordinator, but he coached the the linebacker uh, group as well, uh, mm. which we had some key players, you know, Nicobe Dean, uh, Channon Tindall, Robert Beal, you know, he, he helped bring up a lot of those, those, uh, those players. And so that was definitely a, a loss, but, uh, we got, uh, to replace him. One of the guys who's been on the best, uh, top 30 under 30 college coaches. Uh, nice. I'm probably, I'm, I, I've heard his name a couple of times and I'm, I'm probably going to say it wrong. I've heard it abbreviated CUD, but, uh, Chidera Uzo Deribe, um, he's going to be the, the outside linebackers coach. Uh, and he's had previous tenures at TCU, SMU, and Kansas um, to replace the actual position of defensive coordinator. Uh, we got co-defensive coordinators in Will Muschamp, former South Carolina and Florida coach, <laughs> if y'all don't know. Uh, and also Glenn Schumann, who's uh, also a young guy who kind of fills in a, a similar type of uh, Dan Lanning, where he's a, a young guy that not too many people really know his name, but, you know, He's he's coming up in in his ranks there, to uh, to coach with with uh, Schumann. Um, I'd mentioned before too, Cortez Hankton left to, to LSU. That was his home state. Go be the wide receiver coach there with Brian Kelly. Uh, we got Brian uh, McClendon though from Miami. We got to pull him from uh, from Cristobal to to come coach our wide receivers. He played at Georgia, like I said before. Uh, Mike Bobo. We got him to uh, to come back. He is an analyst, offensive analyst, not a coach, an analyst. So he doesn't count as those number of coaches you need to uh, the limit of coaches you can have. He's Todd Munkins. Yeah, Todd Munkins obviously got his stuff on lock, but Mike Bubble is there just to help give extra perspective. That's that's how we see it down in Athens. I had heard, obviously, today it came out, uh, for those who keep up with all the SEC news, that um, Auburn is sticking with Brian Harson. Uh, when everything was kind of up in arms, people were already starting to speculate, well, who could be the next coach? Hugh Freeze, uh, 
you know, no, not a chance. Uh, other people where, you know, there, there was names floating around. One of them that's, that's very near and dear to Georgia was Del McGee. Uh, he's our running backs coach who is an Auburn alumni um, whose name's been flirted with the program, you know, just in, in their uh, coaching searches. Uh, but uh, with, with Harson, you know, coming back, we're, we're obviously, we've, we've still gotten locked and loaded for, for UGA bringing in those big recruits for us. Um, one of the recent coaches to leave though was uh, Jamil Adai, the uh, DB coach. He was there for a year. Um, he's headed down to Miami. Uh, you know, Kirby's background is, is playing defensive back. So is Will Muschamps. So I, I've heard that uh, they have their own particular style and, and how they coach up certain players. Maybe it didn't mesh well with him. Maybe Miami was a better opportunity, uh, but he is uh, gone from Georgia after one year. Uh, the only person that I have currently heard rumored is, is uh, the Auburn DB coach, which is okay with me because let's keep Auburn burning. Uh, <laughs> Zach Etheridge uh, has been rumored to be Kirby's top target. Uh, and that is about uh, all I got for our coaches. We're, we're bringing back, obviously, Todd Munkin, Kirby Smart, the, <laughs> uh, Matt Luke's our O-line coach. Um, I can't name the rest. Oh gosh, I wish I knew our tight ends coach off the top of my head. But he's he's helped lock down Brock Bowers. Um, we got uh, uh, Oscar Delp coming in too. You know, so yeah, yeah, coaches. So a couple it's up couple, to one of y'all now. One of y'all cu- take it. Couple couple of things. Uh, first of all, Florida just finished uh, softball. They won three to zero. Just a quick update. Then. Um, uh, Will Muschamp, uh, is th- this his first year with y'all? Uh, this past year was he. Year. He came so on. He, he yeah. won a ring with y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I am one of the probably five or six people that don't hate Will Muschamp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he's a great coach. Uh, he's not head coach worthy uh, as of right now. I think he's a. He can he's learning and I think eventually he'll be able to go back out and probably coach an SC, do pretty good at, you know, maybe South Carolina or uh Auburn or something. But uh he I'm he just wasn't ready. It's it's just that that well, I mean, uh, yeah, he because you know he went from Florida to to South Carolina right after that, right? Yeah. I, I mean that that's two head coaching jobs. I he, it's he, true. he, he I, it's it's there's no argument about whether or not he's a good coach, but it, when you're there, there's just some people who are phenomenal coordinators that, that just do better focusing on that one facet as opposed to just kind of overseeing everything, you know? Yeah. And it, that could be Will Muschamp's role. He may be just, just be, he, it may be his best bet to be just a, a full on coordinator. He, he may find success at, at another school it, as a head coach. It's possible. Yeah. He, uh, I don't. I, I don't think he he will be back in the SEC at least. Uh, second of second part is yes. Let, let Auburn burn. They are they're they're shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over and over. And I'm I'm not sad about it. Just just to be honest about you know, no offense to the Auburn people, but they went through like four coordinators in the last year, and. 
five. I think it's five oh, now. Uh, three yeah. of them were like in the past three months. <laughs> and, and and they tried saying too, like as soon as as soon as Derek Mason left to go to Oklahoma State. Now, granted, you know Gundy Gundy is is his own coach. He's his own personality, like many of these coaches who are tenured. Um, but uh, that's that to go to what is it, the Big Twelve to, from the SEC to the Big Twelve. Derek Mason is a, is. A, Phenomenal coordinator too. I think he's a good head coach. I don't. I don't think Vanderbilt was the best fit for him, if you want to say that. But um, for him to go to Oklahoma State, like un- unless he's trying to, you know, get some some head coaching gig in the in the Big Twelve, um, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it. I'll tell you what. If Auburn loses, uh, if if we're at like week eight and they're like two and six or or three and five, I wouldn't be surprised if Parsons gone. It's so much count, so much banks on on this year. If 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 he doesn't produce a, somewhat of a of a winning season by by mid season, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. And and Auburn seems notorious for that because didn't Billy Napier say that um, he turned down there and uh, Brent Venables turned down turned down there? So there's there's obviously some schools and administrations and booster clubs that a lot of these teams a lot of these coaches uh, choose to avoid. Yeah, um, Auburn was after Billy Napier from. I want to think like his first year at uh, the Raging Cajuns and he's, he's been shutting that door for, for years saying, you know, it's not the job he wants. It's not the opportunity. It's not the time. So uh, apparently he found out that something that everyone else is kind of new, but we're really finding out that uh, Auburn just doesn't know what's going on. They have no idea what's going on with their own coaches. I mean, I figure after the spring there, they'll have mass exit on the football team. I know they've lost several already, but uh, I'd yeah. say a bunch of Juco kids that signed with them. That I know they poached several from Tennessee that we thought we had. Uh, hopefully they uh, hit the portal and come to Tennessee now. Or go wherever. Yeah, <laughs> some need to come to Florida. That'd be that'd be real nice. <laughs> we yeah. need a mutual help on defense. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we our defense is not looking terrible. Our linebackers are bad, but our offense needs to be worked. But uh, go ahead and uh, I'm trying to find my notes on my coaches, Mikey. Go go ahead. Mine's gonna be short and sweet because we are the only SEC team, and it might be the first time in Tennessee history since Fulmer's been here that. We return every single coach we had from last year, as of now, anyway. I mean, they're still, like I said, Auburn's still a dumpster fire, so they could end up poaching some coaches or something. But as of right now, I think we return every single coach that we had from last year. So I'll just give a quick rundown. Uh, Alex Galesh, I think, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name, but he's the uh, offensive coordinator, which actually Hypel calls all the plays, and uh, he kind of uh, – co-coordinator I guess you want to say and also the tight end coach uh, he come with Hypel from uh, UCF so he's uh, got experience in high powered offense quarterback coach is uh, Joey Hazel he's uh, been with Hypel for several years uh, he's part of the high powered offense that we got we got Jerry Mack I think he is the long coach that we got on offense, uh, the running back coach that did not uh, coach with Hopple at all. We we got him. He was the head coach at Rice, I believe, for four years. Uh, maybe not the – he was the offensive coordinator, not the head coach. And uh, he's the running back coach for us. 
Then you got Cody Burns. He he played at Auburn. He's the wide receiver coach. Uh, he's – I think he went with Hypel at UCF too and, of course, came with him to uh, Tennessee. And offensive line coach is Glenn Ellerby. He's one of the top up-and-coming offensive line coach. He's 41 years old. He's a uh, Middle Tennessee State alum, but he's been with Heifel for several years. He was at him with him at Missouri and then UCF and now at Tennessee. Then uh, we'll jump to the defensive side. Tim Banks, I got him from Penn State. He's a uh, was a co-defensive coordinator up there. And while at Penn State, his defenses was the top uh, five in the nation, top ten. So I think he's going to be an excellent coach. He's just got to get the pieces in play, to, especially in the SEC. And our defensive line coach, Rodney Gardner, he's probably one of the top defensive line coaches. He's put numerous guys in the NFL. He's had stints at Georgia, Auburn, Tennessee. This might be his second or third time at Tennessee's. He's <laughs> an awesome D-line coach. And special teams coordinator and outside linebacker coach is Mike Eckler. He uh, – I don't think he came with Heifel from uh, UCF. He's ha- He's been at uh, Indiana, Southern Cal, Georgia, North Texas, North Carolina, and Kansas. So. He's kind of been all over the map, but he's supposed to be a stud uh, uh, special teams coordinator. Then uh, our linebacker coach, we we poached him from Michigan. We had to pay a big buyout for him in 2020 to come here to be the uh, linebacker coach, but he's supposed to be a stud recruiter. We love it. We love it. Good job. Good job. (laughs) His uh, name's Brian Jean Mary. And then Willie Martinez, I think he's – he served on the staff with Butch Jones, and he left before Butch got fired. I think he's been at Georgia. He's been in SE several years. He's coached for an extremely long time. He's got a lot of work cut out for him for next year. We got, we're got we going to be replacing several in the secondary, and as we've seen in the uh, bowl game, uh, it was not pretty. So he's, <laughs> gonna have to, he's, he's got his work cut out for him. But that gets all our coaches and – Hopefully some continuity with us not having to change out any coaches this year will hopefully pay off for us in the 2022 season. Yeah. Who who would have guessed out of the three teams here that Tennessee would be the one team <laughs> yeah. that, didn't, yeah. that didn't have to hire it's any new coaches? Off season is the fun season for us because usually it's a coaching search. <laughs> oh, Lord. So – so if you're a Florida fan, you're you already know we have nobody from the old staff. So this is going to be – a little longer. We're going to start out with the man himself, the head coach, Billy Napier. He was the head coach at uh, Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, from 2018 to 2021. His overall record was 40 and 12. He had a perfect 16 mark against members of the Sun Belt West division. He went to the Sun Belt title, the 20. 20- 20 and 21 21 season he is a two-time uh sunbelt conference coach of the year the 2019 and 2021 season he uh before that he was at arizona in 2017 he was an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach 
And then the connection everyone talks about was in 2011. Uh, then also, again, in 2013 to 2016, he worked with the man, Nick Saban, uh, as a wide receivers coach. He originally was an analyst uh, from what everyone has said. Literally, he was the first man to show up to uh, Saban's meetings and the last one to leave he was always just right there trying to learn everything he could from uh nick saban so hopefully that that's good on us and then 2012 he was in colorado state he was uh, assistant head coach and the quarterbacks coach for the former florida gator coach jim mcway named that no one ever wants to hear again and uh the one coach I do not like, uh, you know, like I said, uh, Will Muschamp is, I don't have any issues with him. Jim McAway, that's a, that's another story. Um, so that's the head coach. I mean, uh, he, there's so much upside and there's so much downside the way you look at it. You know, he's never coached in the SEC. He's never coached in any huge divisions he came from the Sun Belt so you, you, I mean you never know what he can do he um he was highly thought out as a being a recruiter and has he proved it I I don't know he he got a couple you know good catches an early signing day uh, which we'll talk about here in a little bit he you know he let a couple go Wednesday. But you look at broadside, and the, the we weren't in the conversation for these these players, you know, four months ago when uh, oh he's losing my uh, why can I not think of our old head coach he he left so much trauma behind I have forgotten his name Dan Mullen oh there we go I don't know why it it just slipped out of my <laughs> mind it's. Uh, yes, Dan Mullen. Sorry, I don't know why it slipped out of my mind, but yeah, from the time Billy Napier's took over to signing day was fifty nine days. I mean, what what can you do in fifty nine days? Uh, what he did was was what he could do. I mean, was it great? It it was all right. I mean, his signing day was pretty much the same with uh, Mullen's first class. You know, what does that say? Is that good? Is that bad? Uh, we won't know until next year. So <clears throat> we'll move on to his assistants now. We have Jabbar Jaluk is going to be our running backs and our assistant uh, head coach of the offense. He's uh, been in coaching for nine years. He recently was at the Raging Cajuns as the running back coach with all four years of Billy Napier. So there's that connection. He, his top recruits landed. It was uh, Grant Delbit who went to the NFL. He had Trevor Inte, um, Noel, oh, Noel Narciss, and then Sandy Charles. Uh, all, I, I mean, those are all, all – good running backs um he led uh the running back that transferred over to florida to a um, bunch of awards last year's so <clears throat> our team's gonna be run heavy 
he hopefully once again i mean that's the same thing as billy napier i mean he's he came from the Sun Belt. can he yeah he had huge success there is he going to be able to do it in an sec you know division we won't know but i am excited about him i think he's going to help with our running back something that we have been lacking on as if anyone uh watched which we did not talk about yet was uh senior week with uh all the practices in the senior bowl and uh damien pierce is uh, a monster uh absolute absolute monster there should have been no reason that man wasn't getting 40 to 50 snaps a, a game no no reason not not at all it the co that we don't know what dan mullen was thinking He's proved that he is an excellent pass protector. He is an excellent runner. He's got great field vision. We don't know why. But hopefully that's going to change because <clears throat> we got a good couple of good running backs coming in. The next is Kerry Cobalt. He is our wide receiver coach. He was offensive analyst at Alabama in 2014 uh, when Napier was coaching the receivers at the Crimson Tide. So maybe that's um, a good little tie-in there. He is uh, – he was drafted in the 2004 NFL draft by the Carolina Panthers. That's, that's interesting. Uh, William Beagler is our tight end coach. He was a, a student assistant at Clemson. Back 2006, 2009, when Napier was also coaching at, at Clemson. Uh, we, we don't know much, much about him. Uh, he was a he was awarded the 2021 running back coach of the year. So maybe we have him coaching the wrong position. I guess we'll, we'll find that out. But our tight ends are not going to be just tight ends. Our tight ends are going to be blocking tight ends. They're going to be slot receivers. Uh, they might take uh, some jet sweeps, so it might be good to have someone like him out there teaching teaching tight ends. Uh, our next one is one of the big ones is Rob Sale. He is our one of our offensive line coach, and he is our offensive coordinator. Can I do that? Okay, cool. He spent one year at Alabama as an analyst in 2011, also when Napier was there. He worked as a strength and conditioning program and also an offensive analyst with Crimson Tide in 2017. Napier convinced uh, Sale to be the offensive coach and running game coordinator at Arizona State when Napier was the offensive coordinator. Next year, uh, Sale fell, followed Napier to Louisiana to be his offensive coach and offensive coordinator for three years before moving on to the offensive line of the New York Giants. And this is where we hear the problems with Rob Sale. Uh, the, um, the Giants are – how do we put this nicely – Oh yeah, they're they're terrible. They're they're a bad team. They're they're god awful. They're you know not who the, else is on the Giants? Who? Mike knows. Who else is on the Giants? Jeremy Pruitt. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That, that might be a reason. Uh, but, but I need to put now. 
Right. <laughs> have a complete team. Dan Mullen, uh, we'll get him on there. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. But uh, the one year that Sale went up uh, was there. Offensive line um, produ- productivity went up a lot, you know, but, you know, a dead horse is a dead horse. So, I mean, no matter what you do to it, it's still going to be bad. So, of course, uh, the Giants were not not good. But it might not have been uh, his fault. I mean, your offensive line can only do so much. Um, next is Darnell Stapleton. He is also going to be an offensive line assistant. If I can get this to work. Okay. He has nine years of college experience. Uh, he coached at the Rutgers, Pace, Bugnell, Sam Houston State, and Louisiana. He brought him to uh, – Napier brought him to Louisiana in the offensive line when Sell left the Giants. So, there's another connection. Most of these people Napier either worked with or knows personally, which is what usually you see from a first coaching group from a new coach coming in. Uh, Sale was a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers team for 2007-2010, was the squad that won at the conclusion of the 2008 season. So I'm not saying, it's you know, just because he has a ring, you know, he might, might make the offense a little better. He was an offensive lineman himself, so hopefully that, that, that plays into it. One of the most exciting and – uh, coaches I am ready for, and I've heard nothing but good things. He, I watched, uh, listened to a podcast, and they were, they had a coach that a player that was played under him and had nothing but good to say about him is Sean Spencer, our def- defensive line and co defensive coordinator. Um, the girlfriend is a Penn State fan, she, uh, she likes Florida more, but she's always liked Penn State. She's supposed to go there for college, and she had very high things to say about Sean Spencer. Like I said, uh, we listened to – I've listened to multiple past players talk about how he he's not only a coach, he's a friend. He takes care of you, and he loves all his players. So we're, we're very excited about that. He, uh, he was – Worked with the offensive line coach, uh, Rob Sale. So, at the Giants, so he also came with them. They call him Coach Chaos because he's a wild demeanor. He's a very demanding coach, uh, but he's also a, a real good, good coach and takes care of uh, his players. So, Mike Peterson is our offensive uh, um, offensive, um, our outside linebacker coach. He will, well, there we go. He is a former Florida Gator. So that's awesome. We always love that. He was an assistant coach in 2013 of the Will Muschamp team. So whether that's good or bad, we, we never know. He did strength and conditioning in 2014 at Florida and remained there with Jim McAway when he took over. He moved to South Carolina when Muschamp became the head coach there in 2016 and was hired to coach the linebackers. He remained there through Muschamp's time at the school. And 
was a holdover on the Shane Beamer staff last season before being hired by Florida. So <clears throat> taking him from South Carolina doesn't, you know, makes it a little sweeter. He, he was a member of the 1996 championship team. So that's awesome. Then Jay Bateman, our inside linebacker coach. He is probably one of the only on-field coaches that have absolutely no connection with anyone else on the staff. He was just, just a good hire all the way around. He's been around for 25 years. He's uh, coached Army, North Carolina. He was there when North Carolina was an actual decent football team. Uh, we know how they've been recently. Um They've not been bad, actually. The, what this year and last year they did pretty good. Yeah. For for you know. Not too bad. Division. I mean, ACC. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't yeah, expect yeah. much. I mean, especially since you know Florida State. <laughs> Their basketball is not running it anymore. <laughs> uh, he was ranked number nine recruiter in the ACC uh, in 2020 when he was with North Carolina. Uh, then jumped to number two in his second class. So last year in the ACC recruiter. So Billy Napier went after recruiters. That's that's what he was looking for. That's what he preached about getting. Uh, so hopefully they're they're just as good as coaches as they are recruiters. It's what y'all needed after having zero to none recruiting. Yes, and that's that's what and that's what they always do. They always go if you get an offensive coach, head coach, the next one's going to be a defensive head coach. We had a terrible recruiter, and now we have an excellent recruiter. But I mean, we've been going back and forth on this subject for since we started this podcast and before. Uh, I mean, since we met, that uh, recruiting, yes, recruiting is a huge thing, but also you need coaches. Um, Dan Mullen proved that to an extent. You know, he was he he is a good coach. I mean, he just can't recruit. He made a lot of bad decisions keeping people he shouldn't have kept. But uh, that's it's neither here nor there, and that's all in the past. But uh, our quarterback coach and assistant head coach of the defense, Corey Raymond. I will say that again for all the LSU fans. Corey Raymond, we stole him away from you. We love it. We love it. We love it. Corey Raymond was an intern at LSU after his 2006 coaching job uh, season. He uh, worked his way through the high school ranks in Louisiana. He spent a year at Nebraska in 2011 coaching the defensive backs before, before moving back to LSU where he has coached all of the defensive backs or cornerback since 2012. So, friggin', he's he's been around forever. So, nine years, yeah, my math's right, nine years at LSU, and Florida was the one to finally steal him away. Uh, Raymond and the running back coach, Jabbar Juluk, worked together at LSU in 2016. Uh, he has crossed paths with Napier, Tony, Robsale, and Stapleton in the last four years during their time in Louisiana. Um, I don't know if I talked about it 
on here, but uh, LSU kind of looks down on the Raging Cajuns. Uh, the fans think they're not not worthy of the time, which I mean, they're they're Sun Belt, so you know who who can blame them in a way. Uh, but <clears throat> parent, uh, the coaches did talk very often. Uh, Coach O was not one of those coaches that that talked with uh, the Raging Cajuns. But uh, clearly, Napier made an impression on on Raymond to get him to come over. So that's that's awesome. He has coached many of uh, quarterbacks in, that have went to the NFL for the longest time. LSU has been known as the DBU school. They uh, they just bring they bring amazing quarterbacks and safeties out. Thankfully, we have him now. So uh, that has also been shown in our recruiting. We had we we grabbed a whole bunch of safeties and quarterbacks to make our defense better. And I have no doubt Raymond will be the missing part to make Florida's defense the way it used to be when we were known as the DBU school. Uh, our safeties coach and co-defense coordinator is Patrick Tony. He worked the last four years at Napier uh, with Napier at Louisiana and the last two as the defensive coordinator. He in in one year under Tony's guidance, the Louisiana defensive set the tone, ranking fourth in the Sun Belt and 31st nationally in scoring defense with uh, 22. Points while also ranking fourth in the league and 33rd nationally in total defense. In 2021, Tony's defense finished first in the conference in scoring defense and tied for ninth nationally while ranking fourth in passing defense in the league. So he dominated the Sun Belt. I mean, it's very easy to point that out. But once again... The Sun Belt is not the SEC. So how is that going um, to correlate? <clears throat> he, uh, hopefully he, he can find success here too. So that's all our, our on-field coaches. But I just want to shout out one extra coach real quick just because I, I love his name that he, he got. It is going to be our special teams coach, Chris Couch, and he will be named – the game changer coordinator it's it's just it's just a nice title um he he uh hopefully uh florida since oh let's see if i can remember this off my head since myers has had five five or six seasons that they've had not had any defensive or any special team scores at all no kickoff no punt return no blocks no no nothing so our special teams has been bad and it's been bad for a long time so hopefully the game changer coordinator can come in and make something out of it so that is final for that so we are going to move on to any big changes in signing day. I know most of us doesn't have much to say. Um, most of what 
we said that, uh, you know, people with letter intents or commits, most of them committed. I mean, what what we predicted was pretty much right. Uh, I know I had a couple, we talked about a couple of people that might sign and, you know, we're all going to talk in, about if they sign or if we got anyone new. So, Mikey, go ahead and go ahead because I got to take a breather. I just talked a ton. <laughs> we we just got one on signing day, the uh, kid that came in from New Jersey on uh, the Saturday before signing day, uh, Jason Jenkins, three-star defensive lineman. Uh, he ended up signing Wednesday. That was our only signee. We missed out on – there's a couple of kids. The Moten kid ended up signing with Miami and uh, for the life of me. We was in on one more, and I cannot think of it. Uh, obviously, he didn't sign with us. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember who it was. He probably signed at A&M or something. <laughs> yeah. it, that was it. I mean, signing days pretty much – the early signing days takes up 99% of the – still have a few big names still out there, but the big names usually go to the top three, four teams in the nation. So, we're usually left out of that uh, conversation. <laughs> Or if you're Jimbo Fisher, you just buy the top. <laughs> and then get mad when they get caught out on it. <laughs> Go ahead, Robert. All right. Well, uh, so we got Dylan Bell, wide receiver, Darius Smith for defensive line. Uh, quite possibly our biggest one that we signed that day was Christian Miller. Uh, he was a, a big prospect that um, was waiting to sign on that day, and, and we landed him. Uh, we got us a good running back in Andrew Paul. And uh, the last guy to sign on that day was EJ Lightsey. Uh, he's a linebacker. One that we didn't get was uh, Jordan James, uh, which is also I'm, – I'm glad that he chose the better team of, of not choosing us, and he went to Oregon instead of Florida. <laughs> so at least, uh, you know, he'll, he'll get used properly up in, in, in the Pac-12. You know, he probably would have went to waste over in, over in Gainesville, you know. <laughs> but no that was it that was all we had um you know like like mike said it for for most uh of of the official signing day in february um those 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 signings are are few and far between for for most teams so it's it's just like a, a handful of players who you know normally left to sign but um headed into spring ball you know we've got uh 81 currently uh uh scholarship players well, we currently have scheduled 92 for summer. So um, we're obviously going to have a few players who are not going to make the team. Um, but wait, you have those. you have 81. We have 81 uh, scholarship players for the spring. Like, you know, they're the early signees in that. But mm -hmm. players who are uh, who are starting in, in you know, for the, the regular season, like starting in summer, um, we're going to be we're we're currently set for 92. Oh, so uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you have 90, 92. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so they'll have to there, there's gonna be couple, some some yeah. shaving, you know. There, there's there's gonna be what seven players gone because you only have 85. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, there might be more than that, just to give a little cushion in case of uh any a phenomenal the... walk-on, you know, who just slays it, you know. Yeah, I'm saying gonna be Stetson, but <laughs> that man <laughs> probably has everything paid for the rest of his life in Athens, you know. <laughs> and um the the next transfer season you gotta think about that too that's the truth uh we have a couple more um than one by couple i mean we got we had three 
Uh, like Robert said, we missed out on the Oregon kid. We missed out on uh, Harold Perkins, which, you know, just I spoke on it a little bit earlier, just to even be in the conversation of Harold Perkins being the, one of the last two schools that he was going to choose is phenomenal. He was number uh, two overall. No, he was number eight overall. He was number two positional. So, it, I mean, just to be in the conversation, I mean, moral victories don't mean nothing. But if that this is a sign of anything, you know, taking 59 days of Dan Mullins not even talking to him, then 59 days later, Billy Napier has him choosing between him and LSU. Uh, it looks good for the future. You know, it would have been nice to get him now, but it it is what it is. LSU has, uh, you know, stole another one away, you know, just like the, the nice shoe throwing, you know, probably shouldn't have won them, but they got them. Um, our three signees that did sign other than everyone that was supposed to sign is Jake Pyburn. He's an edge. Rusher, he's a three-star. He's 36 overall uh, in his position. The stories are is that he got ranked way too low for, for what he is. He um, All the reports are saying that Billy Napier got a steal. He was ranked way lower than he should have been. Uh, he's got limitless potential. So hopefully we can, we can put him to work and – turn him into an all-SEC player. Uh, we did get a wide receiver. It was not the, the Oregon one we wanted. Uh, but Caleb Douglas is also a, was a great catch. He is a three-star wide receiver, 67th in his position. And then Arliss Birmingham, he did actually not – he did not sign Wednesday. He ended up signing late Thursday night. For whatever reason, he said, hey, guys, not signing today. I'll do it tomorrow. But he is an athlete. He's going to three-star. He's 31 overall positional. He is most likely he's going to be a tight end uh, slash wide receiver, which is uh, Billy Napier's bread and butter. He loves having tight ends be able to block. Also, pop out on the slot, catch a couple of catches. Uh, like I said, hit a couple of jet sweeps, maybe even step in at running back. He Napier is all about his tight ends. Uh, right now, we have like five of them or six of them. So I'm sure a couple of them will transfer out after spring practice. Uh, we have, oh, is it nine, 92 scholarships right now? And we like we just said, you can only have 85. I think we're going to shave just like Georgia's probably going to. We're going to shave down more than that. I, th I think we'll have like 77, 78. I think that's that that's the highest I would go after spring practice. There's, you know, there's kids that, you know, not to say bluntly, but Billy Napier doesn't want probably what doesn't want on the team. I mean, they're Dan Mullins players. They're Dan Mullins formula, and it's just not going to work with Billy Napier. Or the other way around, players might not like the way uh, Billy Napier runs things. Uh, it's going to be a culture change. He's talked about it. 
So we'll we'll go ahead and see how that will go, and we'll, we will keep y'all updated on that. So uh, to onward to the new section, uh, then we are going to talk about NFL, and we'll give you the date. Same disclaimer as we do every week. But I need both of y'all to clear your mind for this next segment. You are not Tennessee fans. You are not Georgia fans. We are college analysts out there working for ESPN. We are not allowed to have opinions on our Does own it have team. to be ESPN? that that uh recruiting service that mike mentioned on three i'm seeing them pop up all the time now yeah i don't know who's backing that but this on three man they're they're like they're they they must have paid off some agents or somebody because man (laughs) dropping they're dropping stuff left and right but yeah anyway okay so we're we're just we're college football fans go ahead shoot i i can be objective Okay. With the exception of Florida. Go ahead. No, no, no. Everyone. <laughs> That's the point of it. You got to clear your mind. You can say all your nasty comments later. You got to clear your mind. Florida right. State. Florida State's not a part of this right now, so it's okay. <laughs> so the next section, section I'm going to call yes, no, maybe. I'm going to give you a question. I mean, clearly you're going to ask yes, no, or maybe, and give me your reasoning why. Uh-oh. First, first one is I'll give you a nice little softball. Is the SEC guaranteed to win the Natty next year? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. I will go. I'll say yes too. I, I don't. I don't see any competition out there right now. Uh, Oklahoma lost their coach. They're going to at least take a step back. Michigan, they had their year. They're they're done. Take a step back. I think mm. only person, only team that I could see. Making a run at it would be Ohio State or USC, but I don't think he's going to have uh, – Kelly's going to have – right, Kelly? Is it Kelly? Riley. Riley. Kelly's at LSU. Riley. I don't think Riley's going to have uh, USC turned around in one year. Here in a couple of years, uh, maybe. But next year, it's uh, Ohio State. Um what about you, Mike? Is that I that think, bad? I think Ohio State might be the only team that – I mean, they'll probably get in the playoffs just because the Big Ten hype and everything else. But very, 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 very rarely do they have the speed or players to maintain a competitive game against the SEC. So, I, I, and we've seen that large Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati had a phenomenal season, but obviously when you put them up against the SEC school, that – a uh, at-large team ain't going to be successful. I mean, any given day, I guess something can happen, but uh, it would take a miracle, I think, for an at-large team. And Notre Dame, I, uh, Notre Dame's Notre Dame. That, that that's a joke. They should yeah. be in a conference, and if you put them in the SEC, they're six and six every year. So. Yeah, I think Cincinnati has to get more physical. I mean, it's just they do. I mean, the, 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 the players look different. I mean, when you see them lined up on the field, they just look like a small. College. Alabama's <laughs> line looks like yeah. they could eat the defensive Cincinnati line for breakfast. Like it's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, Cincinnati has two or three NFL caliber players. Alabama's whole team was in it. <laughs> what about you, Robert? the best team outside of the sec no no does anyone 
other yeah. than the SEC have a chance at the Natty next year? Oh, uh, have a chance. I, I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> teams have a chance, but realistically speaking, no, it's uh, Alabama and Ohio State are probably going to be the top two favorites. They're, <clears throat> they're going to throw shade at Georgia anyway. They're going to say they're going to be hungover and, you know, they're going <laughs> to take a step down and all this. They'll probably rank them third or fourth, whatever. That's fine. Uh, but realistically speaking, it, it, it uh, Alabama and Ohio State are going to probably be the most favored ones going strong into deep into the season until, you know, if they slip up and, and lose a game or something like that. Um, who else is up there? Uh, I, I don't want to say A&M will be. There's, I, I think there's a small chance they could be. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, Michigan State has a chance possibly too. You know, Mel Tucker, uh, yeah. I feel Mel Tucker can, can bring back a, a, a lot of same. Baylor even, um, if we're looking for teams out, outside of the, the SEC. Um, for the ACC, I don't think anybody's cracking the, the top five, you know, um, cause I don't, I don't think they have any big games to, to begin with that, that would result in them making that far, but, uh, no, more than likely it's going to be a SEC team that wins, uh, the Natty next year, more than likely. All right. Next question. Does USC take the PAC 12 back over next year? The PAC North or South or, or just, I, I mean, not, not 12. So, like the conference champs, I obviously didn't mean pack North, Park South. I meant like just their their division or the whole conference. Whole conference. Uh, yes, no, or maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I say maybe too. With Williams going out there as a transfer, I think that gives them a, a quarterback. I mean, Caleb Williams followed Lincoln out there. I think be Oregon or I think it'd be Oregon or USC. But I think USC has a leg up with Caleb Williams going out there. Yeah, so I, it. it, it I'd, I'd be willing to bet that it's Utah that still takes the Pac-12 next year because they, they're having Shut that up. consistency. Because, um, <laughs> well, I mean, they're going to get that first win of the season against Florida. So, you know, they're going to start to see that strong one and know. But, uh, no. Um, it's okay. Oregon, yeah, it, Oregon will beat Georgia. So, we'll start out 1-0 and too. It's all right. Go ahead. This guy. So, uh, Lincoln Riley is going to be able to get his, the same system he ran in Oklahoma up and running at USC. I'm not so sure that he can get it up and run in year one. Um, I could see USC going like eight and four or something like that, but I, I don't think it'll be enough to win the the Pac-12. He could he could surprise it. I don't I don't know how uh, how tough um, USC's schedule is next year, but um, I mean I I think Dan Lanning will be a great coach, but it's it's his first head coaching gig. You know, if he takes a lot of his uh, stuff that he learned from Kirby there, he he could find some success in some years, but he could be another one you know seven and five eight and four at best but i i think utah is probably the best chance at winning the the pac-12 but crazier things have happened yeah i mean so far we're all we're all on the same page I, i'm pretty sure it'd be oregon or usc and like you said utah i mean i i've already spoken my worries about utah next year they're already going to be ranked probably in the top 10 so I would not be surprised if they they do win it out there. And eight and four, I think eight and four is about right. Like you said, they're not going to be able to get that system up and running year one. Uh, got anything else to add onto that, Mike? I agree. I, I, <laughs> I, I, 
Yeah, I didn't even think Utah. I don't know what Utah loses. I ain't, I ain't even for sure. I mean, if they were – I have no they idea. They got to be favorites. I mean, they was dominant this year in the Pac-12, so. Yeah. And then Oregon, they're breaking in the Georgia coach, ain't they? Is that – they got a new head coach or is he just yeah. going up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's well, the one that Georgia lost. I think Lincoln, half Oklahoma transferred with him. So, I mean, he's <laughs> – he should be sitting pretty. All right. Uh, is Josh Hubal the answer for Tennessee? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to say yes. Uh, <laughs> just, just off. We got to get our defense up to par with our lane. And then the NCAA has to pass something with these injuries crap. Because, I mean, the whole whole purpose of, the, of Tennessee's offense is – to catch you off guard, and when them guys start laying down on the field, they're going to have to address that, which I reckon they're, they're looking into it now. I don't know if anything will come of it. Yeah. I, I think Hypo's an offensive genius. Uh, I think – I don't know. I, defense gets up to par. I think it'll be tough. But <laughs> Yeah, um, the injury thing's crazy, and the fact that they looked at it a couple years ago and they're like, oh, you know, someone lays down seven times, we'll make them use a, a timeout. It's like, yeah. but what <laughs> happens when they run out of timeouts? Nothing? They just can keep laying down? They're going to have yeah. to do something where they have to sit out that whole drive. I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, they're going to have to figure out something. But uh, I got to go with maybe. You know, uh, like you said, your defense has got to get better. I think it's recruiting. Needs to get better. Would y'all would y'all finish this year? Uh, like uh, I think they was they was going into signing day. We was 14th. We may have dropped some with some of the other teams picking up uh, recruits, but we was at. But I mean, we're sixth in SEC, so that's middle of the pack. Uh, yeah, got to be better than that. But yeah, no, I think next year he he has to break the top ten. Yeah. Has to break the top ten and start. Yeah. Because uh, it was his first real year, he got to, I mean, actually go out and recruit, which you're saying that with Florida. I mean, yeah, offered a job. So he, he had a limited time to, for his first class, which recruiting's all about relationships. Uh, these kids, I mean, you got them coming in, offering freshmen and all that. So the way college football is, most coaches ain't had a school more than four or five years anymore. We're going to have to get deeper pockets, start throwing out more NIL money is what we're going to have to do. <laughs> more McDonald's bags. Yeah, right. yeah McDonald's bags. Jim, Jimbo Fisher way. Uh, <laughs> do you know what y'all finished last year in the recruiting? Uh, Off head? Not the slightest. I okay. don't think it was top 20. I think it was like probably 22, 25, somewhere in there. Uh, okay, I think I just pulled it up. It says top, top, number 23. So, 23 to 14, that's – I mean, that's a decent jump. I mean, once you get to the top, you know, 15, 10, it starts getting getting pretty tight. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think he's got to break at least the top 10 next year uh, and figure out that defense. And if, if he can, I mean, he's the most promising coach y'all have had in, in a while. I, I, so, I got to go – I'm sticking with maybe. <laughs> next year, if we have this conversation, I might, might change it to yes. I, I think – if he SEC is so tough to be, I mean, yes, it's where you want to be as a coach, but it is so tough. It's it's win now or two three years that you're looking for another coach. 
you know, you know, the thing, one thing worse than the SEC or harder than the SEC is the SEC fans. Yeah. Amen. We will get a fire. We will fire a coach so quick. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this year they was uh, talking about saving. I mean, previous year, Saban's got on the teleconferences and talked about fans being ungrateful. They should be happy with a win. And, uh, but I mean, it's win big or look, that's, and, and, and that's because so much uh, focus is put on, on the, the, the college football championship. Now the playoffs, like it's there, there's not so much like emphasis on, on some of your rivalry games, but it, it, so many folks, it's like they feel like once they drop that first game, like all right, we're out of the playoffs. You know, yeah. like you, you, yeah. you, you yeah. have to be perfect to make it like that. And I think that's what what favors like uh, not not to you know tangent from this, but that's what favor, kind of favors expansion is that um, you know if 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 we get more teams in the playoffs, you know, and almost treat it like a, a March Madness type of scenario where if a team makes you know the final eight teams or the final four teams, you know, you get something out of it. You get like a banner or some, you know, something like that. But um, yeah, uh, it, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's going to be challenging. And what is it? 2026 or something is like the, when they're projecting it finally might go to eight teams. Uh, I don't is, know. They, they can change it. it, it uh, all of it's going to depend because uh, the ACC may rule that they're, breaking away from their divisions they may have already ruled on that i I don't remember but um uh you know if if the sec goes to divisionless football especially with texas and oklahoma coming in um it's you know it's it's going to be the top two teams in the sec you know it it, there may not be uh there could be a time where it's you know georgia tennessee uh georgia a&m uh Tennessee, Alabama, or something, you know, uh, any, any scenario you could think of where it's not Florida and another team, you know, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I was, it, but that's the thing, like, obviously move to a division list. It could be two East teams, two West teams, you know, so I, I, I don't know. There so much is up in the air about it. You know, that there, I, it seems like 2022, this season is going to be, it's, it's pretty much going to go about usual, but uh, we could probably start seeing the, the wills of uh, change come through next year, you know, the Texas and Oklahoma could could come over, you know, they could start working Psych. on that schedule. Um, they, they'll be here before 2025. I, I'm I'm pretty sure of that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not going to be nowhere near the top. They're oh be, no, 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 no. Be six no. and six if they're lucky. Uh, I, you know, look. I, I mean, it, it 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 depends on how much weight you put on recruiting. But Texas brought in the number five recruiting class, so then come. It, Texas A&M and Texas I mean the state of Texas we you know most of these big schools could lose a lot of their recruits to them now who knows how much how much hype did Texas have coming into this year and what happened to them you know they were they were supposed to be one of the top teams oh yeah yeah you know no uh it started with (laughs) when when Arkansas dismantled them you know um in in Jerry World when that happened uh I, I think the wheels just started to fall off for them but it, uh, there seems to be a lot of faith in, in Sarkeesian, you know. I mean, he he did have he did manage to bring in the number five class, so I don't know. We'll see. Back to the question now, Robert: Is Josh the answer to Tennessee? Maybe. <laughs> same no reasonings. Same same no, reasons. No, no follow up. Just maybe. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, he he's the guy for them now. Plain and simple. 
Right. I mean, that's a good he, way. He to brought the it. culture change. He's he's getting some recruits in. You know, it's what Tennessee fans needed. If he turns into a, a, a Mark Stoops, you know, they won't be content for ten plus years. Um, if if he turns into a Kirby Smart, which you know, uh, who, who knows about that? <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows? Hey, he. He needs some more time. Not being if, biased. If if he can uh if, if he can maintain some of his stuff, like I, I think if he keeps Tim Banks with him, I, I really like that dude as a defensive coordinator. I, I think that uh, you know, there there was holes all over Tennessee's defense and you know, he he managed to to keep them in the game more times than than probably what they should have, you know, given what they had. But I got two questions left. Next one is is Billy Napier the answer to Florida? Maybe. 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 Yeah, I, the, <laughs> time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. I mean, yeah. it, he he went undefeated in in the Southwest Southeast. Uh, what was it? What conference did he come from? Uh, conference, whatever. Yeah, Sun Belt. Sun Belt. There you go. Yeah, he's undefeated in in that division. That that's not going to happen in the East. He's going to take L's in the in the East. You know. Um, it's just going to be whether or not he's he's able to coach at the SEC level. You know, that time will tell. He, uh, as unbiased of a Georgia fan as I can be, he does seem like he's bringing a whole different culture and style to to the program, and and that's that can result in positive changes for a program. So maybe. Go ahead, Mike. I agree. Uh, he had Lafayette ranked this year, so I mean, he's and he's always been the names like. When every coaching search they have had for the past 10 years, Napier's name was always towards the top of the list. So I think it's a home run hire, whether it translates over into SEC. I mean, it's cutthroat. Because I don't think y'all were getting Steve Spurrier back as much as you would want to. I don't I don't think he'd come back. Or Urban Meyer. <laughs> I mean, I know he left Jacksonville, but. Listen, I, just like. He got fired. Just like Will Muschamp, <laughs> it, I'm the one of the few people that, that actually thought he was a decent coach um i'm one of the few people that would never never want to see urban back in florida so but uh steve spurrier uh there's one podcast i listen to that he comes on every once in a while i i would just love to meet the man i think he he is hilarious and he talks about the mistakes he made as a coach the going to the gun too late and just um not being able to do it. And he's, you know, he's made hints at, you know, maybe making a return. I'm like, hmm, I don't know about it. <laughs> Wait, is, is, is he going to take over for one of the spring league coaches? You know, right. <laughs> claim he won that, that championship too, like he did with the last spring league that never finished. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I think um, recruiting is going to be pretty big. Like I said, we all were wondering if he, was the recruiting genius that he was supposed to be uh 59 days is not enough time to know i mean it's it's just that simple 59 days is is not not enough uh he for the time he had he brought in decent people uh next year top 10 class is what he's got to bring in he's he needs it with us switching to a run heavy offense, uh, we're gonna have to just see how that goes. Uh, I think Florida's always been a run heavy offense. I mean, even when we had Tim Tebow and he was 
you know, had Percy Harvin that was getting almost two touchdowns a game, 90% of those plays were running. Uh, and that's the seems the way that Billy's going to do it is, you know, run, 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 throw a nice little pass, run, 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 run. So uh, my answer is maybe. I mean, would I love him to, to be the Nick, the next Nick Saban? Or I wouldn't want him to be Kirby Smart. I mean, it took him what seven years. I mean, Nick did it in what two, three. So I mean, from from his total head coaching career, I don't believe I don't believe. But when so. he went to Alabama, oh, calm, calm, okay, no, calm. and he Kirby, won at, he won one at LSU. Kirby, let's let's Kirby, go there. How many other ones have Kirby's Kirby first one? head coaching head coaching run right uh, here? His first gig. Took him oh, six years. Wow. Six years. How okay. long is it going to take Billy? 12? He probably God won't be at Florida anymore. Jokes. He probably won't be at Florida anymore. No. Uh, two, two, three years. Uh, next year, I think we're going to get a, like a warm-up just to see what he can and cannot do. I, I You know, I think it really depends on, you know, when we play the Georgias. Uh, and we're not going to play Alabama this year. Uh, or Texas A&M, if – how 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 does it look on the field, not the scoreboard? You know, when we played Georgia this year, the scoreboard was definitely different than what the field was. You know, three three two interceptions and a fumble within two minutes of the friggin' final of the half. You know, makes the game totally different. That can't happen. I mean, you gotta you if you lose by twenty one, you gotta get dominated. You can't, uh, you know, almost have the same amount of yards and lose by 21 points it's it's just not acceptable and you know if we go out there and lose by three points or seven or ten and the yards are close i think that's progress um rather than being blown out and still somehow being close with yardage possession of time uh i don't i i could go all day about them it's just going from the Sun Belt to the SEC. I mean, that's the big thing. It's is it going to correlate or is it not? Uh, last one. Uh, it, last one is: Does Nick Saban retire next year? I think Saban's going to die on the field. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> he's going anywhere. He's got it made at Alabama. Uh, I. I'll be shocked if he retires next year. So I'll say no. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say maybe. Uh, and and I'll say maybe if, only because if um, if if Alabama just just plays like the old Alabama, where when Saban lost, he played you know like with you know there there was nothing that that was going to stop Alabama. Um, uh, if they if they make it to the SEC championship and they're undefeated, there's a good chance they win the Natty and Bryce Young's probably the repeat Heisman. I, I feel like Saban would would probably go off on that high note because then he would have um, surpassed Bear Bryant with the the championship at Alabama. Uh, you know he'd have a repeat quarterback win the Heisman. You know they're it, I don't know. I I do feel like, I don't know if y'all saw this, but uh, people that were media members that were hyping about the, the different vehicles that the sec coaches were arriving in yesterday. Did y'all see that? No, they were talking about like uh Kirby smart arrived in a minivan, but like uh, uh, Saban rolled up in like a Benz, but Jimbo Fisher rolled up in an Audi and all this. And 
you know, some people try to make big deals out of it and that whatever. But um, uh, <clears throat> when when I saw Saban get out of his car, man, he seeing him move then compared to like when he's on the football field, I, I feel like Mike, if, if he is going to retire, it's it's probably going to be on the field, you know, and <laughs> he's retiring from life too. You know, right. he, he definitely has that mentality, it seems like. But, uh, you know, I, I, I could very well see him like if, if everything just if it's a perfect stroke of uh, of uh, perfection, you know, <laughs> for, for Alabama next year, then then I could see him being, you know, like, let me, he said he wasn't going to leave in, until he feels that he's causing the program harm. So until that happens, you know, I guess, I guess he won't leave. Uh, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with Robert. Maybe. Um, I want to take the other angle and go with ye, if he does call cause the, the program quote unquote harm, which would be not winning a natty next year. I think uh that might they might uh start pushing them out the door as like I said, SEC fans are are ruthless. Uh if he doesn't win it next year, I definitely see them trying to get rid of him for whatever reason, because you know SEC fans are SEC fans. I'm sure Robert can tell you how there was Georgia fans wanting to get rid of Kirby Smart before he won this natty. I mean, it, it happens. It just the way SEC fans are. Uh, I, I don't see him going more than four years. So I will. I will repeat this question every year until he retires. You y'all can mark it. It's gonna happen. Do I think it happens next year? It. It's a. I, I think he dies on the field. I mean, yeah. as much as we joke, he's something's going to have to happen. Either he's going to have a, a stroke, a heart attack, or, you know, maybe like an anxiety attack or something on the field that's going to have to push him out of the game. I, I don't see this man leaving willingly unless, A, like Robert said, he breaks that record, goes out high. Or B, he goes two, three years without winning a national championship. I see that's the only three options we, we got. Well, contract, Saban's contracts through 2028. I, I, just, I just don't see him making that. No, he, I, won't, he won't go that long, but it's a, I don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah, he's I 70 mean, right now, so that put him pushing 80. Yeah, I just, that's wild. I just don't think that's, yeah. that's going to happen. Y'all got any more uh, college updates, news? Richard Seymour, former Georgia defensive lineman, uh, is, has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. That is a, uh, a very nice note to uh, end on for, for Georgia news. Nice. He was a three-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. Uh, nice. Bill Belichick loved him. Um, and uh, – he, um, when he was at Georgia, he was a two-time All-SEC selection. Uh, he graduated with, uh, or he ended his career, sorry, he didn't graduate. Uh, 233 tackles and was it 26 for, for loss and 10 sacks. Dominant defensive player. He, he got his, his ticket into, uh, into uh, the Canton, Ohio. So that's a little shout-out for UGA. I guess we'll transition to, to NFL from that, huh? Yeah. Quick note, no matter, no matter how much, you know, 
crap. We like to talk about it, uh, uh, others, people's teams or our teams. Once once they go to the NFL, I mean, that's a whole different ball game. And, uh, you know, congrats. That's awesome. You know, getting into the Hall of Fame is is hard, and it's something that, that you know, is deserved. And that's To be awesome. celebrated, yeah. Yeah, con- congrats. You know, I'm not going to be – be like oh blah just because he was a georgia georgia player you know that's awesome that's unless you're emmett smith and you played for the gators and then the cowboys <laughs> in which case you know i'm kidding i'm Look, kidding i'm he, trying he to be nice he was a beast. i'm kidding i'm kidding that dude deserves everything i'm totally Seymour kidding. was the only inductee this year wasn't he what's that seymour was the only uh player in- inductee wasn't he uh, uh, did not get in and uh there was another one i seen didn't get in you know i i didn't i didn't go through them all i i felt like the awards <laughs> the i mean here we already segueing to the nfl nfl but i feel like some of those awards were uh were kind of shysty like um nick bosa didn't get a single comeback player of the year award he came off of a torn acl and had 15 and a half sacks man is always double or triple teamed i mean not to get a single vote um Debo Samuel didn't get a single vote for offensive player of the year when he he was the first wide back like ha, watch watch from here how many offenses try to utilize wide receivers more in a running back role now too you know yeah gonna, their new position wide back right there Debo Samuel first one to do it no right back <laughs> that's, that's nice. all right we got this next year we got this next year bang bang niner gang oh my god <laughs> um yeah, so let's go ahead and do the disclaimer so we can get into it. Uh, that is it for the college talk. We are going to move on to the NFL. So if y'all are, you know, y'all not going to listen after this, you know, we appreciate it. Come back next week. We'll talk some more. But on let me to tell the NFL. you what, I'm not going to listen anymore to after this because <laughs> nobody gives a f- about the lambs. And it's gonna be the Bengals that win. Language, language. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm the one that edits it, so you know I'll go ahead and, and take I mean, care of that. But that, that is true. So we have to go back first. So let's talk about the games last week. You know how much it's gonna hurt you, Robert. What do you mean last week? There were no games last week. The Pro Bowl. Or, yeah, no, the week before. My bad. Did we talk about those games already? No, we didn't talk about those games. No, we don't need to. We can we can just it's the Super Hey, Bowl. guess we'll what? We're going to. Anyways, so let's talk about you want you just want to get... talk about the AFC championship first when when it when it was was y'all was like, oh the Chiefs, Chiefs got this, Chiefs running away. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 no. I, no, I agreed. No. I agreed. I said I yeah, said, okay, okay. I said you at agreed. the end it'd probably be the Chiefs, but I said you can't count Joe Burrow out. I said that's I, I can see them said. coming all the way to the back. No, <laughs> yes. no, 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 that's we not all what we said. All we all I said think, if I think anyone, I had the Chiefs by 24. <laughs> yeah, but but we all said if anyone was gonna bring them back, it would be Joe Burrow. So technically we were halfway right. Did yeah. did I see it happening? No, not what the hell happened to Mahomes there. He he acted like he was a rookie. I mean, he looked awful. Yeah, I think uh Hill only had like four catches in the second half, yeah. like yeah. Like, how do you not get in the ball? Just have him run. Just, <laughs> just run. I mean, run, throw it up. He'll catch it. Like, how hard is that? And T. Mean, Higgins balled out in the second half too. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that, that man is is a. That's a bad man playing receiver right there in in Cincinnati. They got too many weapons at receiver. You can't. I mean, like, I mean, you got 
Jamar Chase. You can't double him. You can't because you got Higgins and you got Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – so it ended up 27-24. to 24. The Bengals uh, kicked a field goal in overtime to win it. I, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, I got off of a Mahomes pick in the Chiefs stadium. That is wild. That game flipped on its head right before half or they didn't punch it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah that them that defense stopped me. And look, we we had talked about it too. They get they let the defense play and the defense played played they got away with some dirty stuff. Um <laughs> In, in in the second half but at, towards the end things kind of leveled out but um but yeah they they were letting them play that game for sure i thought we were gonna have a repeat of the bills too i thought they chiefs won the toss and well here's another one yeah, yeah that's what that's yeah. what everyone i said it i was like and, oh and, here we go and it felt like i think i even said i'm like oh if the chiefs win this then they're definitely changing the overtime rules this year yeah um but let's talk about the most important person on the field, uh, Evan McPherson. He went four for four with a long 52-yarder and a game winner in overtime again. <laughs> this man, we'll get we'll get to the Super Bowl after we go over the the better game of the weekend, just because of who won. But uh, <laughs> rather not who won, who lost. Uh, but uh, to win. The the MVP of the Super Bowl, you got one option, and your option is to be a quarterback. It's it's that simple. The the quarterback of the winning team, ninety five percent of the time wins. But here recently, odds on McPherson winning uh, <laughs> the MVP went from two to two two out of two hundred to two to one hundred. So. My man's got a chance. I, I don't think it's gonna happen. But if he goes out there and kicks five field goals and they win, you know, friggin' fifteen to seven or whatever. Especially I don't know if, if it's the game correct. winner too. Yeah, I I think he has a chance. But if, if he gets if he gets three field goals that are that are non extra points and one of them's a game winner, there's a good chance he's MVP. I don't. Yeah. It's it, just, it depends on Joe Burrow stats too. Because I, I don't think there's one defensive player that does that, but we're we're already we're already skipping to the Super Bowl here. So no, so the Rams versus the 49ers. Woo! That was such a good game. I no, I'm just joking, but uh skip. skip. <laughs> um pass. It was, I mean, as a Rams fan, it was good, I guess. As a 49ers Who, fan. Who's a Rams fan? Tell me who's a Rams fan. <laughs> I mean the, the, the ones me. that were happy Rams, the Rams let me won. go smack them <laughs> I'm kidding if you're, if you're a Rams fan it was it's yeah I, I don't know I ultimately I, I can't be upset because as a Niners fan in, in the era that I grew up I was just so happy that a they made the playoffs and then b they went and beat the Cowboys and then c they went and beat the Packers at Lambeau so the fact that we went to each of their home stadiums and beat them um, I mean, we already we already took care of the Rams during the regular season. I know in the game that it mattered most, they couldn't do it. Um, Jaguiski Tart dropping that interception that that hit him right in the chest. That oh, hurt. Um, heartbreaking. There was various things like I mean, they they just stopped giving Debo the ball in in, in the fourth quarter too. It seemed like um, yeah, I don't. I, I, there, there's so many things, but but I, I 
they forgot about Cooper Cup too. <laughs> like, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, you heard what I said earlier about the Rams. I, I, I don't care. And, and look, you want to hear, here's a little hot take for you. Uh, contrarian take. Uh, I, I'm a, you know, I, I love, I love Georgia football, but um, I do not love Matt Stafford and I don't love the possibility of him winning the Super Bowl. I know that's salty. Thank I don't you. Care. Joe Burrow, go Joe Burrow. Co- so, <laughs> <laughs> so two similar things that happened uh, on those games on Sunday, uh, both were won by three points and the chiefs and the Rams had the same game plan in the second half. Let's not throw it to our best player. Let's not let them touch it with Tyree Kill and uh, Debo Samuel just not getting touches. I don't, I don't know why they would go that route, but the games are rigged. Yeah, look, look where it ended them. So I mean, they wanted that. They wanted the Rams to play in LA, so they made sure that there was some stuff to to happen. You know, uh, you you check the conspiracy files; it'll come up eventually. <laughs> LA, LA was paid to to play at home, just so that Tom Brady wouldn't be the only player to to win a Super Bowl in in the home stadium of of the the home team. Or I mean, whatever, too nonsense. bad, too bad they're facing the heartbreak kids, the the Bengals. So, I mean, it don't matter. They're gonna. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, look. So, so my, I, I am. The moment that the Rams won, I said Joe Burrow all the way. Everybody I've talked to, I said, and, and I told them like, look, as a Georgia fan, I'm like, I've I've seen Joe Burrow rain on good defenses. I'm like, it it, it doesn't matter. This patchwork offensive line that that they have, it, it's it doesn't mean anything. Um, they. That patchwork it, it, offensive line held the Chiefs to less sacks than the Bengals had on the Chiefs. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: if you were to ask any analyst, any football fan, if if you have one drive left and you're on your 20 yard line, 40 seconds left to play, who do you who who do you want as your quarterback throwing that ball? You want veteran Matt Stafford or you want two year Joe Burrow? I feel like most people would take two-year Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. I feel, for like, sure. I feel like it. I could be wrong. There's, there's probably plenty of, of, of Matt Stafford homers who are like, no, Stafford all the way. He can do it. Matt Stafford threw that interception to uh, Ambry Thomas uh, when he was trying to hit Odell Beckham on the busted coverage. And, you know, he, he whiffed that. Matt Stafford's made more mistakes in his time. Joe Burrow is just Joe Burrow is, is Joe Cool 2.0. Uh, that's that's how I see it. I, I feel like I feel like they'll get this win, and I, I feel like they they could be the next team to come up and that and that'll be great because AFC has needed a, a new face, you know. Besides the Patriots, it's it's kind of been Mahomes, but you know, if it ends up being Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, you know, um, obviously some folks want Trevor Lawrence to be one of them, um, you know. But uh, yeah, Bengals. Well. Trevor Lawrence has to get a new team. That's just simple. <laughs> it's not happening with the Jags. Bengals are winning it. Yeah. I uh, Let's go ahead and get ready to wrap this up. So predictions. Uh, yeah, I, I got Bengals. Uh, I think I hit on it last week. If it's – no, I talked to someone earlier this week. If it's a low-scoring game, I got Bengals. If it's a high-scoring game, it's the Rams running, running away with it. Uh, the Bengals' offensive line is probably their their worst part, but like we said, Joe Joe Burrow. I mean, it's it's almost doesn't matter. Uh, so I got I got Bengals. I got Evan McPherson MVP. You heard it right here. He's gonna kick four field goals with a game winner in overtime to seal the deal. 
let's go Bengals. I mean, what's the score? Oh, ooh. What was the score of their last two games? I'll give you uh, I'll, gi- I'll give you a score here. 23-17 Bengals. And that's three field goals right there for McPherson. <laughs> so they did 27-24 Chiefs. 19-16. Um, and then 26-19. I'll go 19 1913 Bengals. Woo. I'm the lone duck. I got the Rams, so that means Bengals will be oh. the Bengals. I, I'm pulling for them. Hey, but, uh, the last time you did this, you me over. Remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the only game I've got right in the playoffs. I think it is. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, you remember how you're supposed to be a part of this podcast? Guess what? You, you, you're out. <laughs> No, I'm for Burrow and the Bengals, but I think I think staff forgets it that I think 30-27 Rams. I think home field uh Stafford's been on such a shitty team for so long. I think I think they finally get it done for him. Listen, I'm uh, hoping I'm wrong. And once again, I hope the Bengals win. Uh if if home field's got to do with anything, I I don't think it's gonna be with the Rams. I think it's gonna be oh. the same scenario with the Rams versus the 49ers. I think the Bengals are gonna show up, they're gonna take over that stadium and they're gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, you you can't count the Rams uh stadium as as a as a home stadium deal for them. I'm sorry, nope. <laughs> All right, boys. Um, so this is gonna be for the the week coming up, we are going to end up missing this last week. Once again, you know, we apologize. Uh, everyone's had crazy, crazy, crazy schedules. Good news is uh, everyone seems to be over their sickness. I still have a little cough. I've heard Mike cough a couple of times. Um, Robert just looks ugly. So, I mean, that, that might be, you know... <laughs> That's 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 the 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 resting level right there for me. So you know, yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. <laughs> I, I had to take a jab. You've been jabbing at the Gators all game, all, all podcast. I had to I had to give you one. Um, yeah. So Robert's doing good. It's just craziness. Um, so next week, you know, gonna go over Super Bowls. Uh, the Super Bowls. That'd be nice if there's multiple. Uh go over the Super Bowl when the Bengals win and we don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about football. <laughs> we'll be out of football till Yeah, until well, March 15th. We, yeah. we may have to go on hiatus here for a month without <laughs> Listen, practice. I I'll can t- keep I can keep this podcast alive just I'll talking about what, softball. We're, y'all, we're good. Y'all, y'all, y'all <laughs> basketball and softball. Y'all, y'all we'll, 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 have to, we'll have to start talking about community college softball too. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So so we'll leave on a little good news since uh you know, no, they didn't hear our conversation before this. Uh you want to give them go ahead, Mike, talk. It's, it's your good news. Get, give it to them. <laughs> well, the daughter got a call today. She's uh been out of softball since high school. She Hunger cleats up after her senior year, well, COVID senior year, so she only got four four to six games in or so. But uh, the Rome State uh, softball coach texted her out of the blue and asked her to call her. It was important, and uh, 
She went out, made the phone call, come back in, and uh, she will be the starting catcher for the Rome State uh, Raiderettes. Woo! Got a doubleheader tomorrow, so uh, she went from not playing for the past year and a half <laughs> to uh, get it. starting catcher. Sweep them. There you go. Sweep them. Uh, Robert, we need thunderous applause here. I need you. I need you to figure it out. We need thunderous applause. We're, we are so proud uh, of i won't say your name but we are proud of mike's daughter we that's awesome to go a year and a half not playing softball to be like hey come get a scholarship and hey, play on our team that's that's how you know you're baller like when when you're done with the sport and they call you like hey we we need you, we need you. Please. Please. NIL money baby Please. NIL money. um so hopefully um i don't remember when it was was it march i think they're going to be coming down around where i live and hopefully me and me and Mike will be able to at least update y'all on that game and talk about that. Cause I'd love to go see it. So once again, congrats. That's awesome news. Uh, we got that right before we started recording. Uh, but if any, y'all ain't got anything else. Uh, last thing to say is go Gators. Come on. Go dogs. All right. See y'all. See ya. See ya. Oh, hold on. I done messed up.